from Gate 7 or from Championship number 6. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead! Washington outside left, Roethlisberger has time, throws to the back of the end zone and it is hard for a touchdown by Holmes! A minute remaining and they're putting Curry in the pick and roll trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, -on -one. Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown! We're sending it in, Jerome, that's for damn sure. Yes, 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 what is up everybody, welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast, I'm your host Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats, joined with my man Swerving Irving Washington, uh, December 26th, day after Christmas, hope everybody had a great Christmas. Looking forward to the new year. Irv, how you doing tonight? Doing good. Can't complain. Had a good Christmas. Watching the greatest Christmas movies ever right now, Die Hard. Yes. That is the that is the greatest Christmas trilogy of all time, without a doubt. Um man, we got a lot of NFL to talk about. A lot of things happen. Um, but we're gonna start it off. Uh, well, first, before we start off, let me say, make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device. Use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. That's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to leave your seat. Fuck the Hornets, by the way. These <laughs> motherfuckers just absolutely fell apart in this fourth quarter, dude. I mean, this second half. Oh, my God. But that being said, though, um, a lot of NFL to talk about. Crazy weekend. Um a lot of weird games, to be honest. Um, obviously, like, really different schedule. We had a lot of games on Saturday, only three standalone games on Sunday. A Monday night game, which was uh, putrid, to say the least. But <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. But first, uh, you know, <clears throat> the Denver Broncos and the Rams played in the Nickelodeon game yesterday. And, I mean, you're, you're a, a Broncos fan, obviously, but... I mean, this game got out of hand really quick. And, you know, the Broncos were a three-point favorite. Uh, the total was 36-and-a-half. The game goes way over, and the Broncos just get blown out, 51-14. I mean, at halftime, it was 31-6. to I mean, this game was never close. It was just ugly. Looked like the Broncos gave up. Then we see those videos after where Broncos players are, like, fighting each other on the sideline. You know, you and I were texting. I was like, man, this is probably over for Hackett. Obviously, we kind of knew that he was going to get fired, right? We wake up this morning, yeah. Nathaniel Hackett gets fired. So Nathaniel Hackett is no longer the coach. He's only the second coach in NFL history to not make it through his first season, the other being Urban Meyer. What's your Dang. thoughts on, um, as a Broncos fan, Like, what's your thoughts on Nathan first Nathaniel Hackett being fired, kind of how things have gone this season? Foregone conclusion. He had a coach that was in over his head. Um, the first game was a super red flag. He was like, oh, maybe he could learn from it. But, like, when he brought in the dude to manage the clock for him and he couldn't even manage, it was just all bad. But he kind of started off not – because the only reason why the Broncos actually hired Paul Hackett or – my bad, Nathaniel Hackett is because we thought we were getting Aaron Rodgers. Because that's the only way that hire made sense. You want to make him as comfortable as possible. You want to give him the keys to the offense. Yep. He had high praise for Hackett his last two or three years in um, uh, Green Bay. So, But Roger changed his mind at the last minute. Broncos had to pivot and go with Russ. And it's been a train wreck this whole season. Even outside of the injuries, guys are just not playing for each other. We were by far the most undisciplined team in the league. The dog shit after dog shit penalty. Yep. Shit. Penalties probably cost us at least three or four games this year alone. I remember one game we had fucking 18 penalties and we lost the game by a field goal. Yeah, they always, it's just crazy. They always so, say uh they always say penalties are like a reflection of coaching. Yeah, so just totally undisciplined, in over his head. He's just not a head coach. He's like 
I was watching um, ESPN earlier, like Booger McFarlane and RG3 said, once you lose the locker room, there's no coming back from that. It's over. You might as well sign your own walking papers. And then on top of that, he he just he just didn't get it, man. It's no culture, no tone set. He wasn't a disciplinarian. You could tell the players felt like they could do whatever and not have to suffer any type of repercussions on the field because some of those penalties – like I'll highlight one, the one where I think it was Peko. It was a D lineman. We got the stop. We was finna get the ball back to go try and take the lead. I think it was was it the Colts game? I know it was like the first month of the season. I don't know if it was a Colts game or the game after that. But one of our what our linemen just the quarterback runs out of bounds and he just hits him when he's like two three yards out of bounds. Gives them the first down. They go down and score a touchdown, and it, the game was a wrap. Yep. No, there was a lot. I agree with that. And that first game when uh, they totally mismanaged the clock at the end of the game, I mean, that was a – it was definitely concerning, right? But, I mean, I, th- I think we all thought, okay, well, they're going to write the ship. Like, they have too much talent. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, even aside from Nathaniel Haggett, like, obviously he lost the locker room. There's no way he could have been the head coach. And that, that shit showed on – national television yesterday in front of fucking millions of kids on Nickelodeon, dude. Like, they just gave up. Straight gave up. And you could tell. Like, this was a defense, top three DVOA all year. Number one red zone defense. And, I mean, like, Baker Mayfield was just slicing and dicing them, dude. Like, it just it looked terrible. So, that shit, that, that side, I, I was like, all right, Nathaniel Hackett's going to get fired. I didn't know it was going to be like this. So, um, with that being said, though, what's the next step, do you think, for the Denver Broncos they got to hire the right coach. And honestly, like you said, D'Amico Ryans, Shane Stitching, you know, up-and-coming coordinators, unless they swing for Sean Payton. But we know Sean Payton really wants to. His two teams that he's focused on is the Chargers and uh, – Three teams. Three teams. Chargers, Falcons, and I can't remember uh, the other one. Chargers, Cardinals, Cowboys. Cowboys, yeah. So, you know, money won't be the won't be a problem. We just got hired the right coach. Like you said, I would honestly, if we can't get Sean Payton, give me D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, I think that you know, I know it's a pipe dream for to get Sean Payton, but you know, Chargers winning tonight and making the playoffs, I think, basically eliminates uh, Brandon Staley from losing his job unless they like get embarrassed in the in the playoff game. Um, but, I mean, considering that he made the playoffs, given all the injuries that the Chargers had, I think that he definitely is going to get another year. Yeah, he's not getting fired. Um, with that being said, I think that this is a job at this point, and I know you don't want to hear this, but I think this is a job that only a young coordinator is going to take because they have no cap room. Uh, they only have $15 million in cap room next year. Well, we're going to have way more than that. You got to look at the expiring contracts. No, that's, the they have $15 million in cap room next year. And that, that, that's without, that's obviously without uh, renegotiating deals or restructuring deals. But the worst one is is uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, he's like a $50 million dead cap hit. So they're not going to cut Russell Wilson after one year. So. No, they're, they're, they can't. They literally just, they can't. There's no way you can afford that dead cap hit, dude. Um, but I mean, there's little room that you can navigate in improving the roster. You you have a 23rd first round pick. Um, well, it's 23rd right now. It's the Dolphins pick. But I I don't think that it's enticing to a uh, a coach that like wants to go in and win now. Now for a young coach, this could be a good building opportunity because you could turn it around because there is talent on the roster. You know what I mean? And there was a lot of injuries. But this excuse has been made for the Broncos the last few years. We got talent, but we keep getting injured. We just need a quarterback. We get the quarterback now, and now it's even worse, right? And and I know there's a lot of things going on. I know that the coaching was hella shitty. I know there's a lot going on. But I just I can't picture a guy like Sean Payton signing up for that gig because you know he has Sean, he has Russell Wilson. What if Russell Wilson is washed, dude? I mean, he's shown no signs of it being anything other than being washed. Right, you have a wash quarterback at that price. I mean, that's really hard to move off of, and that's a huge cap hit. Which is why I, yeah, they won't be able to get out of Russ' contract for at least I think three years. 
I don't think the out is to like year four, year five. But as far as the team goes, if you could just bring in a dude that could build a culture and a, a a respect from his players and have a disciplined team, we've lost ten games by a touchdown or less this year. So if you can even that out and win half of those games, we'll be in a way better position than we are this year, next year. That's why turnover do quick. Sorry, I was gonna say that's why I think D'Amico Ryan's is a great coach because the strength of that team is a defense. Yeah, but even if you if Sean Payton was to bring in a Vic Fangio, who that's what they rumor he wanted his D coordinator, he's easily one of the top five, ten defensive coaches in football when he's coaching. So but that would be up to him if he wanted to go back in Denver because you know things didn't end well there. But I don't know why he wouldn't want to coach Denver when the reason why we sucked was partly hit partly his fault because he was the head coach. <laughs> but, um no, I wouldn't rule out Sean Payton. Of course, it would have to be on his terms. And he'd have to get paid a lot of money. As far as working with the GM and him having total control over the roster and how he wants to build it. But as far as money and all that goes, even if it does say $15 million in cap, the damn Saints were supposed to be how much under the cap or over the cap and still figured out a way to pay players, move this, move that. It just takes a good GM to manipulate the numbers and build his team the way he needs to build it. Um, the draft is going to be important because we got to clearly we got to upgrade the uh, the O line. Definitely use another D lineman, some linebackers. So draft is going to be important, and probably another safety because it's time for Kareem Jackson to hang it up. Uh, he needs to. It's time for him to move. Time for us to move on from him. So it's definitely going to be an interesting off season. It does help to have a first round pick because we wasn't going to have one this year. That's why we traded Bally Chubb, and I haven't heard his name since he's been traded. So I heard. Oh, damn, man. I hope he can stay healthy because when that dude's healthy, he's pretty damn good. Um, but we'll see. As long as we get the coaching hire right, I think management and the ownership will do everything else they need to do to put a competitive team on the field in 2023. Because as of right now, the two teams that have coaching vacancies is the Colts and the Broncos. Um, the Cardinals will follow shortly after. Of those three teams... You know, even unbiasedly, I would say the Cardinals are the better job. Uh, they yeah, have more draft Tyler, capital. The thing- well, they also have way more draft capital than both the other teams. They're going to have a top five pick, and they have a lot of talent on defense already. I mean, they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. There's, we talk about a poorly coached team. Like, that's it right there. The only they thing that would... Terrible O-line, though. They and do the have a about, terrible And the thing about Shaw having good draft capital, that's not a good thing because Kime can't draft. Well, Kime's getting fired, dude. He's already taking a leave of absence. He's he's not coming back, dude. That's, well, it depends on who y'all hire as your GM. So, But having draft capital doesn't isn't always a good thing because look at the Raiders. It is. And look at the Rams. Well, I mean, it, it is and it isn't. But, I mean, at least you – at least it entices a guy like Sean Payton to come in because, oh, I have all this draft capital. I can get my guys. I can well, get the Sean guys Payton, that I want. Well, Sean, be honest. Sean Payton didn't, he's not like he was an excellent drafter. So he hit on a lot of, he hit on some, when he hit, he hit big. But when he missed, he missed. The thing that with him is he has to have a functional quarterback to run his offense the way he wants to run his offense because the receivers don't matter. The running back kind of matters because. He's always had a good running back, but his system is proven to work even with sometimes not having the best talent on paper. It's just that's just how good of a coach he is. Yep. Now, who would he want to be his quarterback? We don't know because it was always it was rumors that he was going to Miami to team up with Tom Brady. So it just depends. Now, if you want to put line up the coats. Cardinals and Broncos, of course you're gonna go with the Cardinals if you were head coach because you have potential. To have a top five quarterback. Now, does that top five quarterback care enough about football and the team to dedicate itself to a new coach? Because as of right now, it looked like Kyler is checked out completely. And I don't think it's more than just him not having respect for Cliff Kingsbury. It's just his body language. He's always telling his teammates, the coaches to shut the fuck up and calm down. And it's like he's running the ship no matter what. So Whoever they do hire as coach, if they fire Cliff Kingsbury, which we all expect, 
they definitely have to reel Kyler in and let him know that the shit you was doing with the previous regime is not going to fly with us. I, I think Kyler has issues, dude. I'm not going to sit here and, and say that he doesn't. Like, it, it became very clear to me this year that he definitely has, like, some leadership issues. However, I think a lot of those were compounded because he doesn't trust the coaching staff in Arizona at all. And I think that shit was proven in the playoffs last year. I think that shit just ruined everything. You know what I mean? Because, A, that was one of the worst called games I've ever seen in my life. And, B, I mean, they just they got their ass beat. You know what I mean? And nobody likes to get their ass beat. They always say winning cures all, right? So when you're not winning, it just it 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 uh just shows all the cracks in the armor once you're not winning, right? So I think I think Kyler has all the talent in the world, dude. But you know he's got he does have to fucking shape up and and ship up. And sometimes being hurt is the best way to do that because you realize you know you're not gonna play forever and. You know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime type opportunity, and I hope he realizes that. And I hope that guy, I think a guy like Sean Payton, honestly, in my opinion, if I'm the Cardinals, the only two options, in my opinion, is Frank Reich and Sean Payton. I'm getting either one of those guys. Um, Frank Reich, though. he Tyler would be the most talented quarterback QBs he's had by a mile. But I don't know, man. Some his, his game plan and, and the way it ended with Wentz didn't look good at all. So well, I mean, he went eleven and five with Philip Rivers on one leg. Yeah, but we know Philip Rivers is damn near. If I had to put a Hall of Fame vote, Phil Philip Rivers is a damn good quarterback. He just happened to be stuck in the in the era with a Manning, a Brady, a Big Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. and another Manning too. So we know what we know. Rivers brought to the table now. Can Frank Wright get back to where he was with the Eagles and his first stint was his first couple of years with the Colts? I'm pretty damn sure he can. But is another is an organization gonna take that chance on him again? I think they I think they will. I mean an organization took a chance on Doug Peterson and we're Doug Peterson's yeah, turned that. We know Doug around. Peterson got the raw end of the stick in Philly, so and that team was hurt. The QB position was up in the air. He should have never been fired from Philadelphia, if we being honest. Yeah, but I agree with that. That's the, that's the way the NFL works sometimes, and we knew that he wasn't going to be out of work for long. Now, what Frank Reich is, is they going to hold that ending with the Colts against him, or they going to look more at what he was with the Eagles when they went on their Super Bowl run? Well, I think you look at the Colts right now. I mean, you watch the game tonight. That's a great segue. I mean, like, dude, that team just fucking sucks, dude. Like, that offensive line is fucking terrible. Um, and they're also down to what a fourth string QB, and Nick Foles looked horrible too. He was. I awful. just think that if it's between Frank Reich and one of these young up and coming offensive innovative coaches, they're gonna go with the young guy, like a, a Shane Stitchin or what's the dude that's getting all the praise. Um, I gotta look it up, but. <clears throat> I'm just I don't know if going with a young unproven guy is right for that situation. Well, with Kyler, you would probably definitely want to go with a more seasoned vet or a guy that would command his respect from day one. And an actual person he could look up to when it comes to football, because he probably looked up to Cliff as far as being an OC and the college guy and the celebrity that he was. But when I guess when he came down to the X's and O's and he finally sat there and looked like, damn, this dude can't fucking play call his way out of a wet paper bag. That's well, I also think there's like, there's more to being a head coach and X's nose because I think Cliff Kingsbury is a great offensive coordinator. I think he's going to be a fine offensive coordinator for any team he goes to after this. Um, you know, it's just being a head coach. You have, you've always said you have to be the CEO, dude. You have to be the guy in charge. And I don't think Cliff commands that respect. And I honestly think that all started with, with, uh, with him being hired because they hired Vance Joseph and basically told Cliff Kingsbury, like, yo, Vance Joseph gets to control the defense. You have no fucking say over that. So Vance Joseph don't even answer to Cliff Kingsbury. So basically they have two head coaches. Like, there's no there's no control in the organization, dude. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's never a good way to go. Okay, so the three names that's been buzzing as far as the young up-and-coming coaches are Byron Leftwich, Mike Kafka, and... Uh, we just mentioned him. What was his name? Stitching. Uh, Stitching and 
it's a couple more guys, but those are like the three names that everybody keeps mentioning as far as the next. Oh, Kellen Moore. Those yeah. four are the young up and coming. Kellen Moore is the one I would not want. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I kind of think he gets held back by Mike McCarthy. Maybe, but I don't know if he. I have similar concerns with him that I have with Cliff. Like, I think that he's a good exes and those guys. I just don't know if he's going to be able to, like, lead. Well, he was a a, he was a damn good leader at Boise State. Yeah, that was Boise State, Irv. <laughs> Bro, you can't base up Dion. What level did Dion coach up before he got the Jackson State job? Wasn't he coach at high school? Yeah, but I mean, like, we we'll, we're going to find out a lot about Dion this year as a coach. Right. No, nah, I wouldn't. You can't even say this year because this year he's going to be lacking the talent that he really needs. You got to give him at least two years. I don't really pay attention to fan bases. Okay, but we're talking about the NFL. I know, but nine times out of ten, fan bases are overblown and over over expect over expect over expectations are fucking terrible. But I think Kellen Moore could be a, a could could be a good head coach, or he could be Paul. He could be Nathaniel Hackett. But I think he's leaning. I would lean more towards he could be a solid head coach than Nathaniel Hackett. It'll be interesting. I think the Colts, I think they get a young guy like a Kellen Moore because I don't know if anyone that's really desired wants that job, dude. <laughs> well, the thing with the Colts is they got to find a quarterback. That's either the hardest thing, draft, dude. You're only as good as your quarterback. Yeah, either they're going to draft one and they got to do – I don't know what happened with that offensive line, but they got to get build that offensive line back to what it was. Even Quinn Nelson's ass this year, dude. I know he said they he and they got him as a pro bowler and he even came out and admitted that this is his worst year as a pro. So it's crazy. It's crazy. So it's just I don't know. If they could get that O line together and find a good a decent QB, they have everything else. They got the receivers, they got the tight ends. Jonathan Taylor needs to stay healthy. The defense is a damn good defense. That's a top ten defense. When healthy. When healthy, so they haven't had Shaq Leonard all year, which I mean, he's yeah. one of the he's, he's one of a top three or four three middle linebacker in all the football. So yeah. I think the Colts will be all right. They just got to hit on the QB now. If they do draft a Will Levi, they got to go heavy on the O line because if they don't go heavy on the O line and Will doesn't mm-hmm. have time to throw the damn ball, it's gonna be all bad. I forget what coach said it, but it's a coach that's on TV. I said it a while ago, but he was like. As a head coach, you're only as good as your quarterback. So if you have a bad quarterback, you basically know you're going to get fired. Or you're not going to be in your position very long. Hitting on a quarterback is not easy. You know, what It's I mean? not. But this draft and the next draft after that is going to have some damn good quarterbacks. Sure. I think uh, you know a lot of people look at the Niners and they look at Brock Purdy you know, being a Mr. Irrelevant and coming in and, and taking over – in leading that team, but it's like I try to explain to people all the time the Niners are such an anomaly because they have s- so much talent because they've had such high draft picks throughout the years that they've just stacked on draft picks. Now, I, I always say there's two bi- two ways of building an NFL team. Either A, you just stack as much, the you draft the best player available on your draft board all the time. Or B, you ha- you have to have an elite quarterback. Finding that elite quarterback is very difficult. And I mean, honestly, in the NFL today, quarterback plays such a dog shit. Like, if you, how many elite quarterbacks are there in the league right now? Two, three. I'll say three, maybe four. Mahomes, Josh Allen, who else? Joe Burrow. Burrow. Okay, I'll give you that. Nobody Justin else is Herbert. like. Okay, Herbert's another good one. Nobody else is, like, carrying a team like we saw for years. Lamar, healthy. You got to give it to him now because that team, without him, that team looks in shambles. Um, well, that team looked in shambles with him. <laughs> no, they was winning at least. And then if you look at last year, too, when he was pretty much holding the whole damn team together. So I'll put Lamar up there. He's up there. He's top five, top six for me. And um, who else? Shit, that's about it. Uh, Deshaun Watson got to get it together because he's looking horrible. He looks awful. Uh, but he's been off for two and a half years, and it really showed. Uh, but, yeah, those top five, those top six, outside of those, yeah, this quarterback play has been horrible this year. It's been up and down. Um, let's talk about some of these games, though. So the Colts, 
let's talk about Monday Night Football since we just got off that game week and it's fresh in our memory. Yeah, uh, it's not a lot to talk about, but yeah, that game just showed that one team. It gives you also coaching matters in NFL. One team is beat up. The other team has injuries, but not as bad as the other team. And the Chargers just pretty much took it to that offense. They couldn't do shit. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even say the – oh, well, the, yeah, the offense, they couldn't do shit. But I wouldn't even say, like, the Chargers – like, they dominated that game. But, I mean, it didn't really, like – they didn't really dominate. I mean, I thought the Colts' defense did as good as they could do considering they were on the field the whole fucking game. Yeah, because they are – they're – like you said, healthy, they could be a top 10, top 5 defense. But that Colts offense is, without without Taylor and as bad as that O-line is, it's a complete, it's, it's a shit show. Yeah, I mean, the Rams came into this game, they were like 28 DVOA against the rush. And, I mean, like, the Colts couldn't even fucking move the ball on the ground against them, dude. Like, it was embarrassing. Um uh, Zach Moss had, well, actually, Zach Moss had 12 carries for 65 yards. I don't know why they didn't run the ball more. They kept trying to fucking throw it with Nick Foles, and Nick Foles, I mean, he he was a fucking statue back there, bro. Like, he, and he's throwing fucking ducks. Like and that was, first interception was horrible. First interception, well, the first drive he had uh, Mo Alley Cox, like, wide open down the field. He fucking overthrew him by, like, six yards. I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be a fucking long night, yeah, dude. Yeah, long night. <laughs> this is so instead, Chargers minus three and a half or four, whatever it was at most books. I knew that was covering that game. Uh yeah, books got fucking destroyed tonight because ninety percent of the public was on the Chargers. That re- that rarely happens. Um, mm. I was on the Colts. So I thought that I thought uh, Foles was gonna be an upgrade over Matt Ryan. Clearly, he wasn't. That shit was blowing the league like they did, and and that coach. Um, Jeff Saturday better never be a head coach ever again in the NFL. Oh, I don't think he has a shot, dude. I don't think he has a fucking single. I don't think he has an ounce <laughs> of a chance of being a head coach, dude. I think he's cooked. And the sad thing is, is the only team he's beaten is the Raiders. Yeah. Um. All right, let's Man. move on to. Uh, well, before we move on to Monday Night Football, Chargers clinch the playoffs, right? Like we talked about earlier, Brandon Staley probably is going to keep his job. Uh, right now, if the playoffs were to start, they'd be facing the Chiefs first round. <laughs> mm. That's going to be an instant classic, wild card classic. Mm-hmm. Also, Chargers are expected to get Rashawn Slater back and Joey Bosa. So, well, if the Chiefs' defense don't play better, you might see a big upset. There might be a big upset there. I was thinking the same thing when I was looking at the when I was looking at the playoff standings today because the Chiefs are the second seed and the Chargers right now would be the sixth seed, so they would play each other first round. Um, that'd be a hell of a fucking matchup, dude. Damn. But likely they get out of it because there's other teams still fighting for a playoff position. Um, all right, Bucks versus Arizona. Bucks closed minus seven and a half. They didn't even come close to fucking covering this game. They win nineteen to sixteen. Honestly, the Cardinals probably should have won this game. It's unfortunate that they didn't. The total was forty two, went way under. I thought the I thought honestly Arizona outplayed the Bucks all game until the fucking last quarter. But for most of the game, I mean I thought they were the better team, which I can't believe I'm fucking saying because if you were to tell me that the Cardinals had a chance to beat the fucking Buccaneers in that game, I would be like, nah, dude, there's no fucking chance. Trace McSurley at QB. It just goes to show how much talent that the Cardinals have on defense. And they still have pretty, pretty much – they have good talent, great, good to great slash great talent on offense. It's just they're down to a third-string QB. And unless it's uh, your boy Brock Purdy, most third-string QBs don't get a lot done in the NFL. Um, but it just goes to show, man, Brady is not the same Tom Brady that we've accustomed to been accustomed to seeing throughout his career. That O line is horrible. Um, even with Tristan Wirfs in, teams just load up and go after the guards and the other tackle on the other side and they just feast. Um, Brady barely has time to throw. The run game was actually not that bad against the Cardinals, but like you said, the Cardinals just pretty much outplayed them most of the game, and Brady had to work his magic to get them a field goal late in overtime to win the game. 
Now it, it was weird to me game, too because the defense all game they were like taking away the short pass and shit, and then the last like quarter they kept like playing ten yards off receivers. Yeah, I don't get I don't get why they was doing that. You know that Brady's not gonna beat you deep unless he really had unless he literally has to throw the ball deep. Yeah. He's not gonna he's gonna dink and dunk his way down the field, especially with his offense and that offensive line. Everything is quick. Just get the ball out fast as he can. He finally looks like Father Time is beating him. I mean, he had Julio Jones wide open in the end zone, and he fucking missed him by like six yards on the first drive. Um, yeah, and reports came out today that he's not looking at retirement. So I don't know if he's going to be playing in Tampa next year or somewhere else. But Brady will be playing and as a forty-six-year-old QB. <laughs> Can't believe it, dog. Yeah, the report said he's not even thought about it. He's not considering it. He will be playing quarterback in 2023. Bro, going to be like a fucking 60-year-old still playing. He's he going to be like Gordy Howe. He's going to be the Gordy Howe football. The thing with Brady, though, is like if he has everything perfect around him, maybe he could still do it. But I don't know, dude. Like he missed some like open throws. It's not like he like didn't have any time to make them on Sunday. Like he had plenty of time to – like that Julio Jones one was just a fucking terrible throw. And then his two interceptions – the first one he overthrows his receiver. The second one he way underthrows it. I mean, it's not like it's not an issue. That's one thing about Brady, you know, man. When he's under pressure, he's off his he's off his um off his. Uh... But it's not like he. Oh my god, this fucking guy! Always yawning, dog. It's not even late. <laughs> Eggnog. Who drinks eggnog, bro? You are an old ass man, bro. Bro, yeah, like I'm drinking eggnog by itself. It's eggnog and Hennessy. Oh shit! That's the way it's supposed to be. No, nobody I know. A person that drinks eggnog by itself might be a serial killer. Facts. That's true. Um, but as far as Brady goes, that's an interesting thing because I mean, like. But I don't know if there's a team next year that like just needs a quarterback. That's a quarterback away from winning. Um, I don't think the Raiders get rid of Carr because they just signed him to that extension. Well, they can... he was in arrest. He was interested in Vegas before he went to Tampa. Yeah, but that Raiders defense sucks. Yeah, that defense is terrible. So I don't think he would want to go to the Raiders. Um, I don't know, man. Tua keep having concussions. The way he having concussions, he might have to retire. I can see him yeah, working for one year in Miami. Dolphins defense sucks too now. I know, but they just got to be healthy though. They do have a lot of injuries on defense though. Yeah, they're kind of mid, dude. They're kind of in mid all year. And then the the Patriots, well, nah, because the Patriots ain't gonna go up on Mac Jones. Even though I would take a forty six year old Brady over Mac Mac Jones any day of the week. Shit, they might um, give up on Mac Mac Jones. Damn, what about the Jets? One year. Mm, that's an interesting one. They got a lot of skill players. They got a nice O line when healthy. Man, if that O line, they can have a top five O line next year, healthy. Yeah, that's actually an interesting um, destination. Playing the Patriots twice a year too. Yeah, the Jets could be an option. He gonna have to trust me. Somebody's gonna sign Tom Brady if he becomes a Steelers. Free Steelers, nah, because they wouldn't do that to Kenny Pickett. Plus, and then you know, uh, Pickett's actually look deep. Pickett's actually look pretty good too. I know, I can't lie. Pick it look he looked decent against the Raiders, but like you said, dog shit. But the um <laughs> dog shit. Just, the, <laughs> McDaniels is a gift that keeps on giving. Um I don't know, man. Brady gonna have some options, but I think the Jets would be a good one. I think that might actually be the best destination if he were to choose a new team. Or the um, Giants, nah, but the Giants would need the O line would have to stay healthy. Yeah, and they don't have like a they don't have like great skill. Wendell Robinson, I think, is going to be a great fucking wide receiver. But outside of him, you have like Saquon Barkley, who's like degressed as the season—not degressed, but he's regressed as the season went on. Yeah, but he's ain't he like second or third in rushing yards? Yeah, because he like started off fucking like incredibly hot, <clears throat> but he's kind of like tailed off here at the end. Um. But they would definitely have to upgrade that offensive line. But I think the Giants have, like, a lot of talent on the defensive line, dude. Thibodeau's looking really fucking good, dude. He's looking better than Aiden Hutchinson. For sure. I'm not surprised. We all thought he was going to be the number one pick before all those concerns rose up before the draft. But, yeah, we know Kayvon Thibodeau is a dog when he's motivated and when he's healthy and, you know, 
on his mind on right, got his head on straight. Yep, he's been looking good, and I think Brian Dable honestly is one of the best coaches in the NFL. He's a fucking hell of a coach. That team has no business being as good as they are. There's no way that team should be in the playoff fight. That's true. They're literally, right now, they would be in the playoffs if the season were to end today. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, nobody had the Giants making the playoffs this year. Nobody. And and Daniel Jones, I mean, let's move over to the Vikings real quick because Daniel Jones, Irving, this guy against the Vikings was out here looking like Patrick Mahomes, dog, just slicing and dicing this fucking sorry-ass team up. Yeah, I don't uh, like you. Like we've been saying, they continue to find a way to win one score games. Either, like you said, either they're the, the luckiest 11, 11, 11 and whatever their record is team. 11 and 0 seen. against uh, 11 and 0 in one score games. So either they're the most clutch of the clutchest teams we've ever seen in one score games in recent, probably NFL history. Or they're just finding a way to win because teams make mistakes in crunch time. Now, that Giants game, the Giants plus four, we all we both like that one the best bet, and we probably knew that they were going to cover. But honestly, the Giants should have won that game. But you know, you don't really see too many sixty-one yard field goal, walk-off field goals. So that's crazy. That, the biggest thing with the Vikings is that defense, man. That defense cannot consistently stop. If you can't consistently stop the Colts or the Giants, imagine what can what can happen in the playoff and against a playoff caliber team. They're thirtieth in yards per play against, which is uh, you know, very bad, right? They're thirtieth in yards per play against. Yeah, that's that's not good. And I'm defense. pretty sure every offense that they're gonna face in the uh playoffs Besides the Vikings, which uh, they can't play the Vikings because the Vikings might be a division winner. I mean, not the what the hell the uh, the Bucks, but even them winning their division is up in the air now too. Yep. Well, nah, because they won. But um, honestly, if yeah. I'm if I'm the Vikings though, if I'm any NFC team, I would rather face the Bucks in the playoffs than face the Panthers, dude. I'm dead serious. That's true because the, the Panthers are a total wild card. You don't know what you're going to get from them, so. Yep. Plus, their defense is looking hella good, and they're running the ball really fucking well. Yeah, so I, w- yeah, I wouldn't want to see the Panthers either right now. Angle had to go play them at home because they would be a division winner. But back to the Vikings, I don't know, man. It's I don't think they – if they do win their first playoff game, I definitely got them losing that next week when they play a better team because yeah. they're going to win their division. They're going to get a favorable wild card matchup. I think if the playoffs started today, wouldn't they play the Giants? Um, if the playoffs started today, they would be playing. They would be playing the Commanders, and that's the team you probably wouldn't want to play in the playoffs because they got a damn good front four and they yep. could rush the passer. And once you knock Kirk Cousins on his ass, he gets scared and shit. So, you know. It's going. We gonna see. I just don't see them going to an NFC Championship game. No, I don't no see him. Be, I don't see him beating the. Well, the think Niners about this, Irving. The Eagles. Uh, the Packers are three point favorites this weekend against the Vikings. The Packers win that game and they win their last game. They're going to be the last seed, and then they're going to face the Vikings first round. <laughs> yeah, then they might. Yeah, then the Vikings might be one and done. <laughs> they very well. Because you don't want to play Aaron Rodgers when he's hot, and let alone you don't want to play him when he's an underdog in the playoffs, when yep. he has no expectations. So, yeah, Minnesota, I think if you could build that defense up, you could probably have a better shot at winning something next year, but you're not winning anything this year. Well, I mean, you got to look at it this way, too. They're 11 and 0 in one score games, right? Next year, there's no way they're going to be 11 and 0 in one score games. So, I mean, they're going to regress to the mean a little bit. There's this is probably their best opportunity to make a run. However, they're not a good team. They're literally almost as bad as the Broncos in yard per play differential. They're twenty third in yards per play, and they're thirtieth in yards per play against. They're eighteenth yeah, DVOA on offense, twenty third on defense. Yeah, and their defense ain't nowhere near as good as Denver, so that's not a good thing at all. At all. They're not good. Denver is basically like the reverse Vikings. Like, 
The Vikings have a decent offense, but they're not that good in yards per play, which is pretty fucking weird in my opinion because they can't really run the ball this year. They're not good at running the ball. Um, yeah, the Vikings are they're not a good team, dude. Plus five yeah, point mean, differential, dude. That's point four four points per game. I mean, in the playoffs, a Vikings versus Cowboys game can happen again. Could, yep, very well could. I mean, the Vikings, uh. Yeah, man, they they don't really blow anybody out, but they get blown out when they fucking lose. It's not a good team, man. They're going to – honestly, I would – they would probably be like a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the uh, Washington Commanders, and I would take the Commanders. I would hammer the Commanders, actually. Um, well, I'm as long as Heineke don't turn the ball over, they got a pretty good shot at beating anybody. Yeah, and they, I mean, he turned the ball over a lot against the Niners. He got benched for Carson once at the end of the game. I don't I, honestly, I don't know if if uh, we'll see Heineke back. Mm-hmm. Did he get hurt in that game? No, nah, I think they just pulled him. Yeah, I mean, that's the Niners are. A, I mean, that defense is just it's different, dude. There's no defense even near the Niners' defense, and they're not even 100 percent healthy. That's the crazy part. Yep. Do you think the Niners are the best team in the NFC right now, like I do? Uh, Yeah, because Jalen Hurts, if he's not playing, then even though Minshew looked it good against the Cowboys, um, he looked it pretty damn good, just besides the turnovers. Um, Well, the fumble yeah. wasn't really his fault. That's true, but I'm saying they had four turnovers. Yeah, he had – well, so Miles had Sanders one. had a fumble – he had a fumble, and then he had two interceptions. I know one of them was like a tip pass. Yeah, one of them wasn't too bad. The other one, he was like, he forced it. That's the thing with Minshew, though. Is like Minshew's a sling. He's a gunslinger, dude. He's gonna fucking force some throws, and you gotta live with it. You gotta die with it. But I mean, like, he wasn't the reason why they lost that game. Miles Sanders doesn't make that fumble at the end of the game. They win the yeah, game. They win the game. Yeah. So I think right now you got to give it to the Niners, even with. Even with a, the only deficiency they have is a rookie quarterback, but even then, if he don't turn the ball over, it's easy. It's easy when you have that defense and those skill players in that run game, yeah. dude. So it's not it's it's going beating them is not going to be easy for anybody. So Irv, I'd be out there fucking yeah. doing the same thing. Y'all would be fucking everyone would be having lots jerseys on because I'd be out there fucking slinging the rock, fucking screen passes and shit. Well, the only thing you got to pay attention to and a concern with the Niners, again, is that right tackle. I don't think it's that big of a deal because that defense nah, is, it is a so... big deal because if you face a better a team with a better pass rush... Who has a better pass know? rush? Who's going to rush a pass rush? No, I'm so. saying if they, they face a team with a good pass rush. If they play the, if they play the Eagles... And the Eagles load up on McGlinchey. Bro, the, the Cowboys were just missing their best fucking tackle, and like they handled the Eagles pretty well. Their defense, Who? Uh, Smith. Yeah, but Smith isn't a right tackle; he's a left tackle. I know, but he, they were missing him, and he fucking. Okay, but even if Smith, he's nowhere near as bad as McGlinchey. McGlinchey is terrible. Yeah, no, McGlinchey's not good. But what I'm saying is, like, the Cowboys were missing that guy. And, like, it wasn't that big of a difference. Yeah, because they was getting the ball out and they was running the ball. But the Cowboys have a, a – even with injuries, they still have a good offensive line because they got a damn Hall of Famer at right guard. And they draft and develop well. So, But when you're weak at the tackle position, especially in the playoffs, it's going to show. Yeah. Right or left tackle. It could be a point in the game where it could be a blindside hit, cause a fumble, interception. You never know. And it could change the game. I mean, now, I, do, I, I do agree that in, in a playoff scenario when, when uh, you know, push comes to shove and, and inches become a lot shorter and, and the score becomes tighter, I do think having a guy like Brock Purdy and relying on him to win you a game, I do think that that could become an issue because, I mean, we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl, right? Like they need him to win the game and he couldn't do it. Regardless yeah, of how he, good that defense is, yeah, he missed a wide open Emmanuel Sanders. That was bad. But but in the NFC, in the NFC though, Irv, I, he's not facing Mahomes. He's not facing Josh Allen. He's not facing Herbert. That's true. But like again, he can he can he can have his rookie moment at the wrong time too. He, he also got to factor that in. But do I see them losing? No, I don't because that's how good that defense is, and that's how good the offense is. Purdy just doesn't have to. As long as Purdy doesn't turn the ball over, they're going to pretty much have a good shot at winning. 
every game they play home or away. So yep. we're gonna see how it shakes out. I agree with that. That was uh the Niners, in my opinion, best team in the league right now. If let me ask you this. Jimmy Garoppolo is able to come back. Do you start him over Brock Purdy at this point? Nope. No. No? Because Jimmy G refuses to throw the ball downfield. And when Kyle Shanahan's offense is at his best, is when you have a vertical game to go along with that run game and what they have coming over the middle with Kittle. Kittle's looked the best he's looked this year in the last three last three, four games of the season he's looked in the last two years. That's true. I will give you that. He has. And that's because the, the quarterback that's throwing the ball isn't scared to throw the ball downfield, throw the ball over the middle and take chances and let his playmakers make plays. The offense is going to be too constricted with Jimmy G if they do bring him back. It'll be like the damn Packer game was against Aaron Rodgers and you got to block a damn punt and run it back for a touchdown to win the game. So you ride your hot hand, you ride Brock Purdy. It'll be like Brady and Drew Bledsoe situation, but you ride with Brock Purdy. All right. Raiders lose a tough one to the Steelers, man. The Raiders had, uh, where is it? Total yards. They had 211 total yards. 75 of them came on the first drive. Um, rest in peace, Franco Harris. Good win, Steelers, Raiders. Um, just keep thinking Derek Carr's answer. Maybe he'll it'll it'll turn around for you. That was an awful game, man. That was Derek Carr. Do you think this is this is it for Derek Carr? Well, you got most Raider fans turning on him now, which I can't believe because they always swore that all he needed was a number one wide receiver, and he would show that he's a top 10 or upper echelon quarterback that could get the job done. But we've seen what that, we've seen what that uh, equals out to this year. And they're not a good team. They got to definitely got to build up their O-line. They probably don't cut Carr after this year because they just did give, they did just give him a new three-year extension. And they can get out of it in. though. I don't think he has any dead money this year if they release him. Oh, okay. Then they, but what are they going to do if they do release them? What's their next option? They not, they not bad enough to be able to draft one of those upper tier QBs unless they trade up. Draft Jake in the future. They started off terrible. If I was them, honestly, I would have just tanked. Draft Jake Hainer. Ooh, they could get Jake Hainer. I mean, and they're. They're, he would definitely be a better QB coming out than their other Fresno State QB that they got now. I was going to say, will the Raiders fan base go for two Fresno State QBs like that? I don't know. Jake Hanner probably could succeed with the Raiders, but they would definitely have to upgrade their O-line because they would get Jake Hanner killed if he was up on that O-line they got now. Yeah, um, the Raiders are like, I mean, they, they're mathematically still alive for the playoffs, but I mean, they're like, they would need everything to go right for them. So, like, the Titans and Jaguars this week, like, their games don't even matter. Like, those guys, I guarantee the Titans and Jaguars rest players this week because what ultimately matters for those two teams is the week after when they play each other because the winner of that game is going to win their division and go to the playoffs. So, um, with that being said, the Jets and Patriots are a game ahead of the the Raiders. And then now the Dolphins – they're not going to have Tua this weekend, probably, against the Patriots. So they're very likely to get into the playoffs. It would take a fucking miracle at this point. It would. But I mean, you're right. They're not going. They're not going to get a great draft pick. It's uh because the Texans and Broncos are in there, and the Colts are in their conference. Um, Damn! What if they got Hendon Hooker? Ooh, that'll probably that could. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a lot injury. of uh, it's a lot of what ifs with the Raiders, and and they got to figure it out. Ziggler, he hired his boy. We seen what McDaniel they hired them together. Like, I know they hired them together, so I don't think neither one of them are going anywhere. No, nope. after just one year, the Raiders so. can't even afford it. That's true too. And we would have thought moving to Vegas they'd have way more money, but. Oh, yeah, they're still paying Gruden, too, huh? Dude, they're paying, like, three head coaches, dude. Damn. Hey, 
It is what it is, man. But Raider misery is always good for me, so <laughs> <laughs> I ain't complaining. Yeah, the Raiders are an interesting team. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think they're. Uh, we talk about a team that's lost a lot of close games is them, but I mean, like they found like the most yeah, unusual they find ways. ways. Like I don't, yeah. I have never seen a team blow as many double digit leads as they have in one season. It's crazy and, how they find ways to lose, bro. And they finally won a game on one of the craziest endings I ever saw too. So yep. honestly, I just think because they're not, they have talent. They got Waller, they got Winfro, they got Adams, who hands down one or two, one A, one B, best wide receiver in the NFL. So honestly, they just need to upgrade their O line and find a way to make that defense better. Because until they get better on defense, and Carr isn't back there looking like he's shell shocked, um, they could be all right. Upgrade the O-line, upgrade the defense, you could be pushing for a playoff spot. You probably won't be a Super Bowl contender because your greatest deficiency is still at the QB position. The problem, the, QB problem heavy with, conference. the problem with everything you say is, like, it's easier said than done. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. But it's easier to fix your defense and upgrade your O-line than it is to find a franchise quarterback. Now, Carr can get him to the – he proved he could get him to the playoffs. Yeah. Is he's going to win in the playoffs is the biggest question. But what, what they got right now on the O-line is not going to happen. So they got to upgrade the O-line. They got to get better on defense. Um, that Chandler Jones sign is looking worse and worse by the day. Except for that touchdown he had. Except for, except for that uh, stiff arm of Mac Jones and running that touchdown back. But you didn't pay him to end games like that. You paid him to get sacks and yep. cost turnovers. So. Well, what what's your thoughts on that on that Bengals game, Bengals Patriots game? Uh, Bengals Patriots. Um, you just gotta realize we. I can't remember the last time a Bill Belichick team got blew out, and it started off terrible. It looked like I mean they had a chance be, to win the game though. Yeah, it started off looking like it was going to be forty-one to three type game, but you know, Bill Belichick is, is probably the greatest coach ever. I can't take nothing away from him. He always going to have a well-coached team. He's always going to have a good defense. I just think they need a better offensive coordinator that could actually utilize their weapons and unlock the talent that they do have on offense. Well, they have a dog shit quarterback, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even But Mac Jones is serviceable. It's just he's not what we – I don't know why they thought he was going to be a franchise QB, but he's not a franchise QB. He can – like you said, if you got a good defense, some good weapons, he could get you to the playoffs more years than not. But he's not going to win you anything. Well, I mean, we talked about Kyler's attitude. I mean, Mac Jones got a similar attitude, but Mac yeah, Jones but don't he's, have and he's not even half the player. But like I said, <laughs> when you give, when you think and let people like you giving them the keys to the organization, that's what happens. That dude is waving off punt teams and field goals and. Cussing out Matt Patricia, and he's not even the best got, quarterback on that roster. And you got, and the thing about it is, now that the media is picking up, you got ex Patriot greats coming out and criticizing them and wondering what's going on and how is this kid getting along with that, getting getting away with what he's doing. And you rarely even saw Tom Brady do doing the shit that he's doing, and yep. that's the greatest quarterback ever. So they definitely got to reel him in. I would say get him a legit OC. And see where things go from there. Start Bailey Zappi. I think that's the only way they can go from there. Yeah, I think Bailey Zappi is a better QB, and I don't know why they went back to Mac Jones anyway. But because um, they drafted him first round, that's a that's the thing. Once you draft a first round yeah. quarterback, you like basically have to like live in, Yeah, you but, have to live and die with him for a minute until yeah, like just absolutely. You fails. see what that got the Jets, and now and Zach Wilson is done. Yep, Zach Wilson is done. Um, Arliss. Before we get to uh, our best bets for the for uh, tomorrow, let's let's talk about uh, Green Bay and Miami. So this game was on Christmas. Green Bay closes, or I mean, Miami closes three and a half point favorites. The total is forty eight and a half. Green Bay ends up, ends up winning twenty six to twenty. But the interesting thing to me was like, you know, I know a lot of people come away from this game and they're like, oh man, Green Bay is getting hot. They're they're balling, but in my opinion. I thought Miami kind of lost this game more than Green Bay won this game. They definitely did, especially with three turnovers in the second half. Three terrible turnovers, too. I mean, they weren't even good at all. And um, 
That pick to Jair Alexander was horrible. I mean, yeah, he overthrew Tyree Kill by like <laughs> fucking ten yards, dude. It was it was bad, dude. But I mean, what does that mean going forward for both of these teams? So like Miami's they've lost four in a row now. Irv. They lost three in a row on the road. They come back home, they lose to Green Bay. In a game that they were up by thirteen points at one point. Yeah, I think when it was thirteen to zero or thirteen to three or what was it? It was uh it was twenty to I'm sorry, it was twenty it was twenty to ten. They were up by they were or it was twenty to three at one point. No, Damn, it was twenty to ten. Twenty to ten. Twenty to ten. Okay. They were up by ten. Yeah. That I don't know. This late in the season, that stuff like that can't be happening. But you know, like you say, Miami can score with the best of them. It's just Tua when he starts becoming Tua turn the ball over instead of Tua attack a pile over. <laughs> It's going to be hard for this team because we already know that defense is pretty much brand but don't break. Yep. So. I mean, the defense didn't even do a terrible job as bad as they were. Yeah, they didn't. But when you keep putting that defense in those type of situations that Tua did, and then one of those interceptions to get returned for a touchdown or almost. No. Okay. Because Jair Alexander did return it, but he did get pretty. No, he didn't return it for a touchdown, but I know he got it. He ran it out of bounds. Okay, so yeah, just Tua just can't turn the ball over. That's not a team that can afford turnovers because they just can't. Their defense is not good enough to pick up the offense if they're turning. No the ball one can. Over. No one can afford four turnovers in the game because if you don't, uh, for those that didn't watch the game or don't remember, Miami was up twenty to ten. They were driving at the end of the second half. Raheem Mostert fumbles the ball around the 50-yard line. Green Bay gets it. They kick a field goal. Um, or it was 20-7 at that point, so they were up 13. They kick a field goal, make it 20-10, go into half. Then they get the ball the second half um, and score the touchdown. And then, obviously, Miami has three turnovers. So, I mean, like, Miami could have put them away at that point. Like, it could have been 27-7 to, to seven at the end of the half. It could have been 23-7, to seven, right? But... Raheem Mostert turns the ball over right there. That was a huge turning point of the game. And then, obviously, we know what Tua did. Now, they're saying Tua has concussion. He's in concussion protocol. There's video of him, like, smacking his head on the ground. Um, You know, if he does have if he does have another concussion, I mean, I, he might have to consider hanging it up, dude. That's a lot of concussions in a year, bro. Yeah, because he's had, what, four or five concussions this year? I think it's. I think that would be number four. Yeah, because that'll basically it'll be like the uh, um, uh, Troy Aikman situation. Steve Young, too. Him too. So, like, where does Miami go from here, in your opinion? Um, they will be stuck between a rock and a hard place because, like you said, they're good enough to be a playoff team, but they're not bad enough to actually. Secure a and they gave away a lot top. of first round picks. Yeah, no, they not bad enough to secure a upper a top a up a top five top ten pick to draft a QB that could be that type of game changer or have that type of talent unless they wanted to go with uh, Josh. We go with Richardson from Florida. <laughs> yeah, so oh um, <laughs> no, I don't know. They they stuck between a rock and a hard place, bro, because of. If Tua is forced to retire because of those concussions, they definitely have to get a QB this next draft because they're well, not I mean, going to if... go through a rebuild because they're, they're Tua too is not a Tua retiring doesn't force you to go. Through. Tua's mid, dude. He's not that good. I know, but I'm just saying they still have to bring in somebody. You know, even if they it's got a Skylar bridge Thompson QB. on that on that roster, huh? They got Skylar Thompson, bro. Skylar Thompson, really? He looked good in the game he played against Minnesota. Until he got hurt. You just said Minnesota is one of the worst defenses in the league. So. Until he got hurt. No, know. bro. It's not, Skyler Thompson is not the answer. Never will be. If they lose to it to retirement, they either got to bring in a vet or they got to find a QB that can come in, sit for a year, and take over. I don't know if to – I doubt to retire. I think he has too much pride for that shit, although he, he does, probably but should. at the end of the day, bro, you got to realize it's life after football, and you keep getting head in. I was going to say he probably should fucking consider it, though. 
if I was if I was keep getting head injuries like him, bro, it's like Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck kept getting back and back knee concussions. He didn't, and he probably didn't get half the concussions Tua got this year alone. Yeah, so I agree. And the last person that had concussions like this, that was at the top of his game. He walked away, and that was damn. He's gonna probably be a first ballot Hall of Famer in Luke Keekley. Yep. No, I agree, dude. I, I, he, he should definitely consider it. But I, I think the fact that like he didn't even sit out that second half, like I think his pride is just, I don't know, dude. I don't know nah, if he'll do it, but he probably, he probably should. He probably should. Your life is gonna last a lot longer than your football career, buddy. You really need to think about that. That's facts. Let's go, y'all. All right, we got any best bets for tomorrow, Irv? Uh, my best bet for tomorrow. We got four college football games. Give me the. I like. Uh, East Eastern Carolina minus seven. Eastern Carolina. Also, give me uh the over sixty seven on the Georgia Southern and Buffalo game. Interesting. Um. All right. I like the. I'm going Atlanta Hawks plus one or uh, plus one and a half against the Pacers. I just think uh, I think the Pacers are kind of coming back down to earth. I like Atlanta here. I like Seton Hall plus seven against Marquette in a Big East matchup. Um, Shaka Smart never agree as a favorite, especially as this heavy of a favorite. Uh, Seton Hall is going to be on the road, but Seton Hall is uh, you know they're top thirty defensively, so. They're not good offensively, I will, I will admit. But I like Seton Hall to cover this seven. And I like Lakers plus four against uh, Orlando. Orlando's getting a lot of love in the market because of how they've been playing. But I like the Lakers here, man. I think the Lakers, uh, you know, they, they probably should have covered that Mavericks game. Maybe probably should have won if it wasn't for that fucking anomaly of a third quarter. So <laughs> give me the Lakers plus four here. I like it. So Lakers plus four and the Hawks. Hawks plus one and a half. Okay. Right now. Against the Pacers. Seen Hall plus seven. And in college college Bulls, I'm actually going I'm going against you. I like I like Utah State plus seven. Um I didn't pick I didn't pick against Utah State. Hey you did. You picked No, I said I like Buffalo plus four and a half. And I like Eastern Carolina minus seven. Oh, sorry, sorry. They're playing Memphis. For some reason, I thought they were playing uh, Coastal. I, I like Utah State plus seven, too, dude. I like that I like that game. And I'm, I'm with you on uh, Buffalo, dude. I like a Buffalo plus four and a half. I don't know why Georgia Southern's getting so much love in the market, dude. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> the market loves Clay Hilton. I don't know why. Give me a, give me a Utah State. The Aggies plus four and a half there. Let's cover on Aggies two days in a row, dude. New Mexico State covered today. Let's cover on Utah State. To, I mean, uh, oh, sorry. Sam. That was Utah State. Utah State, Aggies two days in a row. Ooh. Let's get it. All right. Thank you all for joining with joining us tonight. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Or actually, I'm sorry. We'll be back Wednesday. Tomorrow I got a temple of hoop. We're doing our Temple of Hoop episode tomorrow night. Contractually obligated to do it. So I got to be on there. Um, so we'll be back Wednesday. We'll do our... We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll be back Wednesday. Uh, make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the, the Tavour app. Straight to your mobile device. Use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. That's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to leave your seat. For Swerving Irvin Washington, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats. Make sure to follow Irv at Swerving Irvin TSP. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jordan Rules TSP. You can catch us at Taproom Sports Podcast on Instagram, taproomsportspodcast.com. Everything's there. We appreciate y'all. Twitch.tv slash Taproom Sports. Make sure to like, subscribe, help us out. We appreciate y'all. Have a blessed Tuesday. Let's go. Let's go.